You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. I love the countdown. I'm still not used to it. I love That's it. That's great. I love the countdown. Anyway, welcome back. Welcome me back. You guys did a show. I just still chewing over there. Jeez, are you finishing up dinner over there, John? I haven't had it yet. This snuck up on me. I was pushing dinner, too, down my throat right before I got on here. (laughs) Turkey burgers or haddock? Yeah. No. (laughs) Good guesses, but no. (laughs) Got some takeout veal parm. It wasn't cooking tonight. Yeah? Yeah. Did you get it from Reno's in Eastie? No, I'm up on the North Shore, so I wasn't shooting down there. Good spot. It's a good spot. Anyway, yeah, um, we're just sure, yeah, we're just getting started. Uh, so we'll warm it up. We got a couple cool things tonight. Uh, we have an NBA champion. We also have the off season, which has officially begun. Um, so stuff's going to get real really fast. The draft is coming up, free agency's coming up, and it's just going to be bang, bang, bang. So a lot's going to be determined, um, and we're going to learn a lot about the Celtics team pretty soon. Uh, uh, so we've been talking about a ton. I'll let you guys catch me up. Uh, you know, I'm sure we talked about some offseason stuff, but in terms of developing opinions and we'll get to the NBA finals, but um, I want to hold off a teeny bit on that. Um, where's our head at right now in terms of where the Celtics are going? Because we've been all over the map like 10 seconds ago. Bobby just texted. I think we got to get Fournier back. So we don't know. <laughs> we it don't just know feels what. like. Yeah. So you want to start what? with Fournier? We don't know what we're doing anymore. Um, things we're going to talk about for sure. Giannis and the Bucks rewriting a narrative that would have been totally different if Kyrie doesn't get hurt or KD's shoe size is half a size smaller. Um, and <laughs> it's true. It's the uh, way the basketball gods wanted it to be. It's Joe. unreal, man. Th- think I about what would have happened. Think about what would have happened there. Completely different story for sure uh, if they went out to Brooklyn there. Um, you know, uh, and then you know, looking at the looking at the Bucks. What do we see in the Bucks that the Celtics don't have? What do they need? You're always everyone wants to copy the champs, right? You're going to look at these teams that reach the finals and say we need a little bit more of that. I I always think those are overreactions. We'll get into that as well. Jason Tatum comments from a week ago. I know you guys talked about him. 
We, we did that in locker room, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do it a little here, too. So we're going to talk a little bit. But let's just start with the Celtics. Where is our head at right now? we got Dame Lillard. we got Bradley Beal. We've got free agency looming. We've got potential trades. We've got New Orleans doesn't want Lonzo. We've got who knows what. Everything is up in the air right now. What do we want? And hi to everybody, by the way. We miss, I, I missed you. But what do we want these guys to do here? It what sounds like doing? pipe dreams right there, John. You just listed them all. Like, those are all the pipe dreams. And, and I think at the end dreams. of the day, we have to realistically start looking at these mid-level guys that we've been talking about for the last two weeks or so. You know, we're hearing a lot of the same names, the, the McConnells and the, uh, you know, uh, what's the other one that Bobby had liked so much a couple weeks Sadaransky, ago? Sadoransky, yeah. Sadoransky, who actually, he's probably, he's, he's up there on my list, actually. I'm a fan of him as well. I don't think his name gets mentioned enough, honestly. But, yeah, I, I just think that it's, it's not – any of these sexy names that people want to hear or Celtics fans are drooling over. I, I think we all agree that that's, that's more for next year. Whereas this year, call it a bridge year if you want, but I look at it more as this team trying to discover a, an identity and, and finding guys that, that could, that could contribute to that, you know, th- throughout this, this crucial off season. Right. Yeah. I think it's fair to still look at next year as a bridge year because I know we'll hit on Damian Lillard a little bit, but that cooled off fast, that that heat of his trade demand and him going to be out of there within a matter of days. Felt like that was really escalating to a point of no return over the weekend, and then he, he poured cold water all, all over it. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I know Joe Sway and Max did a whole episode about that, and you know I was tossing around in my head all weekend that Lillard wrote. Because again, I've I've kind of soured on the Bradley Beal road, and we can get to that too. But yeah, man, you I, so down on him. You're like, he can't play huh. defense. Team USA is better without him. Done. You were out on Beal like that. Nigeria yeah. did it for you, huh, Bobby? Yeah, yeah. Just seeing them together and just imagining a team where it's just them and nothing else. I I don't like it. I think you need glue guys. And when we talk about this championship, you had great role players on Milwaukee. You had real quality role players who made it happen in Phoenix on their route to the championship. Um, I just don't think you can strip a roster bare and just say the stars have to do everything. So with this Lillard thing, it's going to be tough to swallow, and I think we have to balance two things here. we got to look at it a little bit, though, Bobby, right? Yeah. Like, let's look at, again, you want to look at Milwaukee as a blueprint. Let's look at Milwaukee as a blueprint right now. you got to get Giannis too late. Yeah, you got to get a top five player there. Right? What I'm saying is beyond three stars, and again, Holiday is – I love Holiday. Fringe, he didn't have a great run. Fringy star, okay? Yeah. Beyond those three – I mean, my God, I mean, you're, you pulled a guy off the street who played massive minutes. You've got, uh, you know, Connaughton, who's fine. You have the Bucks are a sold out for three players and, and bankrupt team, and they won it all. So, again, it's that there's more than one way to do it. Okay, the Lakers sold out on two stars and bankrupt. You know, the last two champions are star heavy. Uh, and not deep. Uh, Brooklyn has it this year. They won't for much longer because they can't afford to stay deep. Um, when all, uh, you know, because they're going to have to, they're going to be three stars only uh, for the most part. Uh, that's the deal you make. Are, are you a three-star team? Yeah. Or are you a team that builds around the two and has more, uh, has more players who can do more things? I mean, that's kind of the flexibility they have right now, right? I mean, if they play the cards right, if they're really careful with the, with the salary, you know, with the cap, they're going to try to get a, a bigger name next summer. And maybe that's the route. Maybe that's the, the, the three guys. You know, I, I don't know Bobby's sour on, on Bradley Beal, but that sort of type of player, right? Uh, an all-star that's already established, and, and you go from there. And I think what Milwaukee did 
in this run or at least the entire season was the fact that they they had been through a lot the last couple of years right so many ups and downs and and that culture that i think Giannis, of course has a, a whole lot to do with whether you want to talk about the defensive numbers that that were through the roof this year or the fact that guys that can you know like Con- connington can get his name called and he's ready to go I mean, I think that was the difference. Obviously, I mean, the biggest difference was Giannis, the top, having a top five player. But you look at the Phoenix Suns, they had guys that could step up. They had role players that weren't afraid to take those shots. But when it came down to it, when it came down to the biggest moment, you know, win or go home, they buckled. You know, a lot of open shots were, were missed by those players from the Phoenix Suns. You could see them shaking a bit, you know. It's a big moment. It's a big spot that they weren't prepared for. Whereas the Milwaukee Bucks had sort of been through those, those uh, devastating losses and postseason runs. Yeah, the common thread on both those teams is that they found connectors. Uh, Holiday on the defensive end for Milwaukee, he really solidified them as being, you know, that unstoppable defense that no one can really crack. I know the Suns had great stretches of offense in the series, but him on Booker, him on Paul in particular, they were able to dominate those matchups a lot of the time when he was on those guys. And then Paul on the other side, you saw how he unlocked everybody on that roster. So that's what the one thing I think the Celtics can take away from this ultimately is that investing in a high-level connector, a glue guy to you know bring together Brown, Tatum, the different pieces on this team, I think is going to be the key for them no matter what. Uh, and I... Like, even back to Goodman's Bradley Beal trade, like, not even adding Beal to Brown and Tatum, swapping out Brown for Beal the way he showed it. I, I was just always so skeptical of how good of a creator Beal is. Like, I think he's probably a quality creator. There's a chance he's even better than Tatum and Brown, which would be nice. But I think you really need someone whose thing is getting the ball to people. And I know Ricky Rubio became a hot name uh, after that Spain scrimmage. I think he had 24 in that, right? Um, And then, you know, the names I've tossed around, like Lowry and Brogdon and those type of guys, I think is what they got to look at here. They really have to go all in on these type of guys. You're shooting way too high. You yeah, got yeah, no, You can do lower versions of it, but then They're the ceiling is going to be much lower. Middle, you're looking at middle, upper middle class, but you're paying the middle class money. That's what you're going to get here. You're right. getting guys. You're getting guys for eleven million dollar TPEs and nine million dollar, uh, you know, mid levels. That's it. They're they're not they're not getting the the bro, you got to stop with Brogdon and Lowry and stuff like that. Like that's definitely not. I mean, it's just <laughs> out of, you got to stop with that. They have no, to pay the price to do it. Possibility. I, I don't get why you why you say that about Beal. I mean, obviously he's not like a, but, a point guard. He's not that kind of. But I think he has that mindset to help people out. Whether whether it's uh, sort of that D Wade type of approach. And of course, yeah, D Wade wasn't necessarily the point guard on that team, that Miami Heat team. Neither was Mario Chalmers. Let's face it, it was LeBron James. About Tatum but, bringing the so ball one, up. Well, yeah, or if you can even, yeah, exactly. So you think Beal can't do, can't be that or better? You know, I mean, but what I love about Beal is that he can, he move, make sure the ball swings. You know, he can move it around. Whereas I think Jalen, you know, when you compare the two, I think uh, you, you get the edge to, to, um, to Beal. You know, it's someone that can really keep that ball moving. Yeah, ultimately, a guy coming in free agency, no matter who it is, and, you know, Beal, I'm not going to stun my nose at completely here. Uh, if you're giving up nothing for a guy like that besides money and cap space, it's really hard to turn it down. And ultimately, oh, that's if, yeah, that, that's my route. Yeah. I don't want to trade. That's, trade that's the number, right. Yeah, that's the number one route if if it's there and they believe that's going to happen and it feels more and more likely that that's what they're going to target here. I just think it's not a guarantee by any means. And you're going to need growth out of these young guys. And this is what John loves here that I just don't know that is of themselves? is possible. Yeah, like is, is Langford going to become a starting level 
creator along those guys. I, that's a possibility. That's a way that he could get his name foot in the door there in the starting lineup and on a team like that. Uh, Grant would obviously have to raise his game and be part of the rotation on that kind of team. Where are we at Neesmith? Like those are the three key Neesmith. guys. Yes. When you, when you look at like, you know, who are the guys on Phoenix? You campaign. starting two guard? Yeah, Dario Sarge, those kind of guys on Phoenix. And then, as you mentioned, Joe Sway Connaughton. I know Lopez is older. He was a crucial guy there. But that's the thing you have to look at, too, here. Mix in some veterans. You know, you got to bring in some guys who are reliable along with these young guys. And that's why, all of a sudden, looking at this, like, I think you need Fournier back in the fold here. It just it can't be all on these young guys next year, even if you're just using that as a bridge to Beal. Because ultimately, I still think you need to have a good season build some momentum this year to get to Beal. It's a bridge to Beal. Here's the thing. Everyone's everyone's arguing about the Beal versus uh, Beal versus Lillard. Lillard costs you Jalen Brown. Beal does not. So do you want do you want a team that's Tatum, that's Tatum and Lillard as a core, or do you want a team that's Beal, Brown, and Tatum as a core? It's an obvious uh, – the, the, the option B is the obvious one, regardless of whether you like Lillard a little bit better than Beal. Uh, it's just whether you want to go that three-star route and then get a bunch of guys to fill in roster spots and veterans who want to come in here and play with you guys or whatever it is. So that's 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 the dilemma here. Um, speaking of, of the Bucks here again, what do you see in this? Like again, it's amazing. We talk about the narrative shift here again. Kyrie doesn't get hurt, or Katie's foot is an inch further back. They're gone. They're home. Bud's fired. Giannis can't lead a team. Uh, um, uh, they overpaid for Holiday. Middleton's not a true number two. They have absolutely no depth. Entire Bak- Giannis made a mistake re-signing there. He's going to start looking for a trade. This all was of three that. weeks ago, John. This was three weeks ago. Like, three this weeks ago. All of yeah. that would have been said. All of it. And now everyone's going to say, oh, look at those guys. And there are lessons we can draw from those guys. And Tell them, uh, Giannis. Tell them. We, we will. We'll get there. But what what do you see in that team? And you're like, I, I need to get me some of that. Because I see one thing. What is it? Fire I, away. You know. I'm going to say what I said earlier. Just the, the culture and everyone buying in and no one afraid of the moment, I guess. I, I mean, obviously, Giannis is a big part of that. But I, when you look at the other guys, you know, and, and of course, Drew Holiday. Like, call him the Marcus Smart, if you will. Like, he made some humongous plays. Game six, not just in game five. I mean. Like well, especially in Game Five, rather like like that. Those are the type of plays, the win, winning game, winning plays that Celtics fans go crazy over. That is so hard to find in players, and you can't They're teach that. You can't teach they that, really right? are stripping the ball away from from Booker and not being afraid. You know, like those type of moments, like that. You need guys like that. Five blocks from Giannis in that clincher, and you oh, know, and who Jeff knows some and Jeff T. The rim <laughs> protection on that team was through the roof. Their perimeter defense is outstanding at every position, and Giannis can pretty much guard everybody. I mean, that's ultimately the biggest turnaround the Celtics are going to have to undergo into next year because for stretches late in the season, the Celtics were as bad as anybody on the defensive end of the floor, and that still was what disgusted me most about the team last year is that they could never find a defensive identity. And, you know, the Bucks have been a great defense for four or five years. So, you know, you talk about all these what-ifs, John, like ultimately they kind of did a few stupid things down the stretch in that game seven that got it to that Durant shot. Um, you know, ultimately they pushed the series seven games through Harden being out there and Kyrie in the early portion of the series being available. I mean, this wasn't a fluke championship for Milwaukee by any means. And other years I thought them losing was more of a fluke it's than not them a winning fluke this championship. year. 
but like I said, we talked about it on the thread, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just go with it here. Like, but here's the, the thing: it's all Giannis. It's the all one thing, Giannis. Giannis is everything. It's obviously, and all of those other guys, they get to kind of ride along, and you know, uh, yes, they had their moments, but you know, if Giannis goes for 38 they lose and we're talking about what a bum holiday is, you know, like, so it's, again, the narratives, it, it helps when you have your superstar player go for 50, you know, 50, 15 with five blocks. Um, but again, everything that strikes me about this team, isn't the Giannis performance, which again was insanely impressive. Um, I just, every single thing that he said through the finals leading up to it, the quotes, the humility quote that went friggin' viral about, uh, you know, the past is your ego and the present is your humility and all of these things. Can you imagine any single player or any superstar player on the Celtics saying anything remotely close to that? Again, yeah. and, and and we talked about the parallel between Jason Tatum's, uh, you know, interview with Gary Washburn on how the season unfolds. Like Giannis has that thing. And again, yes, he's eight years in and he's played with Middleton for a long time. And Tatum and Brown are three and four years in. But we talk about Tatum and Brown reaching the next level. They do that when they get the mentality of that 30-year-old NBA veteran who's like, fuck it. I, I'm tired of scoring titles or blah, blah, blah. I just, I want to win. That's when they get it. They don't have it yet. They don't have yeah. it. You, you yeah. listen to Tatum talking about like, look at my, my assist numbers went up. I should have made 13 all NBA. Yeah, probably fine. Whatever. Shut up. You know, yeah. let, let yeah. us say it. Let us say it. The media will say it. These guys love you. They're going to be like, oh, as soon as Tatum didn't make the team, all of Celtics media. Oh, you know, he was robbed, you know, like, ah, eh, he was fringy. He's fine. He yeah. wasn't robbed. It was a fringe guy. He was robbed. It was. Oh, come on. It was. <laughs> Bobby, his team went 500. Okay. He's the only guy in the league that scored 50 points four different times uh, this year. God, are you his fucking? He took another step agent. as a facilitator. <laughs> I mean, he was the only guy holding it together for long stretches of this year. Like he was, he was extremely valuable to them. Plus, you know, Bobby was going to get a cut. <laughs> you got three centers on the teams. Like, I don't like that either. Ultimately, you got to have the 15 best players in the league on the teams. I liked how they went out of positions in many ways with it. And he was on there. And again, well, it's you got to ask a question. Like, what, yeah, what's he supposed he to really say? Is. I don't give a damn about the 30 says. million. Ready? Here's what you say. You say, you know what? Stats don't really mean anything to me. Neither do individual honors or awards. The bottom line is we finished as a 500 team and got bounced in the first round. So whatever it is I did this year, it obviously wasn't enough to get our team to the next level. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to improve my game and I'm going to show everybody not only am I one of the best players, but I'm the guy who's going to lead this team back to the conference finals, back to the finals. That's how you answer the question. You don't say, look at my my assists went up. You know, like, that's not how you do that's it. How you make the argument for the All-NBA. No, I don't care. But everyone keeps yeah. saying he was asked the question. That's great. But it's there's like, a way to answer it. Yeah. And there's a way to look like you're – and, again, there's a couple of people in the chat making good points. Like, like yeah, this is how young players are. They're a little stat-obsessed early. You know, they want to be stars. They want to get in the club. They want He's to get definitely fixated on his status. That's for sure. Yeah, you want to get there. You want to get in the club. And once you're there, then you start to kind of reassess your priorities and say, oh, okay, you know, I, I, I think I want to win now. They're not yeah. – it's not there yet in a mentality or a mindset. doesn't mean it's not going to get there, but that switch has to flip over. Like I said, you can be Giannis and do everything and decide – you can go a fourth quarter without shooting until two minutes left and help your team. You could be Jimmy Butler. You could be one of those guys, or right. you can be – 
Hey, look at me with my step back three. That's great. You know, there, there's there's plenty of both. For sure. But he, he, they got to change it. You got to you got to get different things out of these guys. I thought more people would be mad at me in the chat, and it's not happening. Also, I, have, have, no, I, I think, think, I think you're, they, they know you're spot on. I mean, look, it's like I said a few weeks ago when it was announced or whatever, a month ago. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between being mad about the voting process and being saying, you know, this is BS. Like, no, I should have been on there. It's like, well, at the end of the day, like, aren't you more disappointed about the way the team got bounced out of the first round? And I'm not saying that These he's are not. really exclusive things. Having your financial just, fortunes tied to. It shows where his head is. Yeah, head is have, yeah but the way you to respond to that is rooted in that. It's dumb having your financial thirty million dollars riding on some freaking you know you know pasty white rider in friggin' Indiana you know making a dumb dumb <laughs> different story complain about the right. system even though right. it was collectively that's, bargained that's collectively bargained for the rest right. of the stuff is don't talk about yourself don't do that let other people say it you know right. let, let other people yet. say it you're not there yet I did yeah. love his performance against Spain on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. But, more yeah, cool guy, more accent. That's a different kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 You want to see again. from him, and he's capable of it. Again, he's making steps. He's making strides. There's a mentality uh, of growth that he's going to have to step into here. And I think a lot of your points are valid, John, in terms of him stepping into the leadership role on this team. What's the difference between him and Giannis? Tatum's draft in 2017, right? Giannis has been going at this since 2013, and Giannis had mm. a lot of you know, missteps along the way. Last year, as recently as last can year. Can I give another answer? Uh, the AAU come up and coming up a different way, right? Not in the U.S. For sure, am that's I, the central off one, yeah. Am I off there? I mean, if Giannis... Humble beginnings, the, not being Giannis, treated like a star since you were nine, you know, exactly. all that stuff. If Giannis right. had that same upbringing, maybe he joins the Heat this past offseason, you know? Maybe he says, look, oh, Milwaukee, sure. I'm sorry. I gave it all I got, but this is yeah. it. I'm out of here. Like You saw that quote circulating. It's different yeah you saw that you saw the quote circulating a ton with Giannis you know coming in what do you want to be in this league I just want to make the NBA like even his he's drafted 13th overall and his stated dream on draft night was like I just want to stick man you know different different sort of story you know like you know you you know you you sent this thing over the weekend John of like you know can Tatum do this We'll see. Ultimately, I think if like he really honed into that degree and like gained that level of weight and I know he's not Giannis height, so that makes a difference here too. But there is a route that he can get to that level just with his talent because what he doesn't have Giannis' size, he obviously has it in the talent here. Right. Um, but it, he's not a burden at this point for the Celtics again. He's, not like, a he's so early he's just in a his development. Yeah, that's not the thing. It's just it's just when you when you think about how he's sort of expedited this growth or however you want to look at it in terms of him being able to go to so many deep playoff runs so early in his career. You know, you you sort of hope that he would get the overall picture by now, and he'll get there. You know, again, he's still young, but you know, to John's point, like I would have loved for him to highlight a couple of players on the team. You know, say, hey, you know, like we had a tough year. You know, yeah, you know, it's too bad to make the th- you know the All NBA, but 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 shoot, you know, I, I saw some growth from from Romeo Langford, so I'm excited about that this upcoming season. You know, or or hey, you know, Aaron Neesmith had a really tough. You know, he was robbed of a of a rookie, a true rookie experience. So I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna work together and make sure we're Just good to go. Anything. You know, I'm gonna call these guys during the offseason. We'll have workouts going. Like things like that. That's a message that goes a long way. Right. From Tatum. What did he say? Tatum, you know? The quote was, "I guess I got blamed for COVID." Are you freaking kidding me? You know, like that's not the right answer. You that's know, not that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Um, <laughs> that was that weird thing that went on with the Wizards, wasn't it? 
Uh, and, uh, the Wizards yeah. were blaming them for COVID. I, I saw that oh. going around like a week ago. I think yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. that was I'm all I'm about. Mean, I'm more mean. Tatum was like, my whole team was ravaged with COVID. I did everything in my power for us to win. What are you blaming me for? I got penalized. I don't make all NBA because everyone around me got mm. sick or because I got sick. Right. You know, I don't know. All of that stuff I thought was a little bit rough. So we're going to hit Tatum a little bit more. I want to welcome in uh, – we have a special guest. We don't uh, – we don't do this a ton, but uh, it's a it's a great opportunity to bring in. I don't know. Who, I don't know. Nice lighting. You know JL Coven. You should know uh, who JL Coven is. He is uh, the premier uh, Trump impersonator in the world. He's an extremely talented stand-up comic uh, as well, based out of New York. He's a former college basketball player at Williams. Uh, and uh, he does a podcast, making podcasts great again on the CLNS Media Network. And he has a show coming up this Monday uh, at the City Winery in Boston, Monday, 8 o'clock. Is that right, JL? That was all correct. Yeah. So I got most of that right. So <laughs> multiple things we're going to tell you guys. I'm going to tell you guys now. We'll tell you guys again on the back end. Um, uh, tickets are available still, I believe, a few. Uh, yep. Not a ton. So you guys got to get moving um, for some of these tickets. But tickets are available um, so go get them and I'll put the information on the screen um, uh, shortly uh, for you guys to go get them. Also, uh, a perk if you give a shit about it. Uh, a lot of the guys from The Garden Report are going to be there. and We're going to hang out. And if you're there and you come up and you see us, say, hey, I'm a fan of The Garden Report. We'll get you a drink and we'll hang out and we'll watch some good comedy and we'll watch jail. On top before, of being before or after the show, not yeah. hopefully not during. Not during. <laughs> during you focus on it. But in addition to being one of the funniest guys alive, uh, JL is also a big basketball guy. So before we get into all of the promotion and talk about your your, your stuff, uh, you were listening a little bit on the background conversation here. What's your what's your takeaway? You watch the NBA Finals, you see Giannis win. He's the spotlight guy. But you know, and I, I could be wrong. You're a Jazz fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> That's a great fit. <laughs> well, I always say, I say, you know, I'm, I'm biracial. My father was black. My mother is white. And because they fought so much, I gravitated towards Malone and Stockton because uh, they didn't fight. They got along. So. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But I love like hearing hearing like all the talk about Booker and now Tatum. I, I always feel like and I know I'm biased as a jazz fan, but. I always think Donovan Mitchell just doesn't quite get the respect he deserves as sort of a young superstar and like kind of a good leader who sort of says and does the right things for a, for a up and coming team. But that's just my jazz. So wait, you think, so there, it's an obvious, what's funny is like, you know, you heard a little bit of our Tatum, uh, 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 you know, uh, all NBA snub. Mitchell was snubbed. Mitchell has every bit of the same case. Booker, right. Trey Young. There's a lot of guys on that who didn't make that uh, didn't make that cut. Who were pretty, who have just as good a case as Tatum or better. Right. And Mitchell's always that guy who a lot of people point to. Of like, everyone's talking Tatum is the guy. Mitchell's every bit the player. Uh, this guy is. What's your take? Even if you're going to alienate yourself from a bunch of people in Boston <laughs> that you want to come see your show. <laughs> Um, I think like my nephew actually said to me during these playoffs, he was like, oh, but if the Jazz get the Suns, you have to look out for Booker. And I said, why do the Jazz have to look out for Booker, but the Suns don't have to look out for Mitchell? Like Mitchell has been killing it in the playoffs since his rookie year when he took out George and Westbrook uh, in the first round. 
he dropped two 50-point games last year against the Nuggets, but of course it got forgotten because they eventually lost in seven. And he was phenomenal in the playoffs this year. So other than, you know, the top of the top players in the league, I'm very happy with Mitchell for the next decade, if we can keep him as, as our star, as our number one guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think uh, he says the right things. Like all the things you guys are sort of complaining. Tatum is obviously a, a great talent, but there are none of those complaints. All the negatives of kind of like, is he approaching it the right way? I know he's a young guy. Mitchell came into the league, what, with one extra year of college, and that's it. Same draft class and no problems. He's just all good, yeah. and all positives. Right. And he has Mitchell, massive uh, chip on your shoulder. Like, I'm going to show you how good I am, but it doesn't feel like it's me, me, me sort of thing. It's right. I don't get respect. I'm going to friggin' come out there. I'm going to play better tomorrow. And then you're going to say you had the weird interview with Shaq, you know, like, uh, you know, but yeah, that a, yeah, <laughs> that was the weirdest thing I ever seen. I mean, he's a ceiling <laughs> raiser for sure. They've yeah. gotten deep playoff runs there in Utah, but they like the Celtics have been a team that's gotten to like that highest level, but hasn't pushed through the finals, especially this last year. I mean, they had the break this against Kawhi. This, this was painful. This was mm-hmm. because Quinn Snyder, who I like as a coach, watching that game six, I came home from a gig at like midnight. Uh, and was watching like the season disintegrate in front of me, and I was like, "Get Gobert out!" I'm, it's I like a Rudy Gobert. problem, right? Yeah, it's well, not a it's, Mitchell it problem. It was a situational problem. It was like, okay, you've left. What's the guy's name? Is it Man? Is that the is Terrence that the, Man? Yeah, Terrence Man. Okay, I get it. You think he's a weak spot, but now he's hit like seven shots in a row, and he's an NBA player. Guard him. Like now, somebody has to guard him. The Rudy sit in the paint. Like that's a limitation of Rudy. But the fact is, you should have just put like Bogdanovich in at center and been like, we have a 15 point lead. If they want to try and outshoot us, the number one three point shooting team in the league, let's 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 ride what we did best this year. Instead, it was like, no, eventually Terrence Mann will miss. That's a good lesson. Strategy. <laughs> You know, this is, and this is why I think the Celtics are going to be much better next year, too. You, you had a $30 million guy, and this is kind of what goes on with Gobert out there in Utah. It's hard to sit down the $30 million man, even when the situation calls for it, even when you got to adjust your whole play style and it's probably going to piss someone off or hurt the ego or something like that. Sometimes you just have to do it. And that's what the Celtics went through last year with Kemba. You know, like he wasn't getting it done a lot of the time when he was out there, he was banged up. He was being a liability at times on defense, and you just couldn't turn away from him as the starter. I know John was screaming throughout the year, bench him. <laughs> like, so by the way, Kemba Walker's grandmother was uh, my lunch lady in high school. That's a true story. Wow. <laughs> as many smiles. She was <laughs> very nice. She was from? very nice. I had no idea, obviously, because I'm older. He was like an elementary school kid at the time. I was like, <laughs> oh, by the way, is your uh, grandson any chance going to be an NBA superstar? But he, uh, but then I saw an article when he won the title with Con- uh, Connecticut. She was in the Daily News. I said, hey, that's my lunch lady. So that was, <laughs> that's my connection to Celtics hoops, basically. We talked about Mitchell versus Tatum or Giannis even for that matter. And again, leadership, grit, blah, 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 all of that stuff. That's great. How much does charisma matter? Like, you know, like how much is it to be like – it's impossible not to like Giannis. Uh, Mitchell's got that kind of vibe too. 
Tatum's a little mumbly, sleepy, you know, in his thing. But it's like, it's not just that energy. Like, you need the energy to, like, lift it a little bit. That's something we've always gotten on Tatum. It's like, he's not going to change his personality, be a rah-rah guy. But he does look mopey, you know, at times. And that stuff, I don't know how contagious it is or isn't. I don't want to be the the body language cops. But it's hard not to notice it uh, at times in stretches where he just kind of gets into it. Uh, and, fa- you know, fans and commenters have talked about it as well. He pounced. I mean, and, and I'm at, just as an outside observer, like the games I see with the Celtics, it seems he has a lot of like flailing arm complaints. Like they're not <laughs> even like fired up. What the F? It's like uh, kind of like, like, I get, like so he, he, sometimes he just kind of looks like ah, I give up. What, yeah. Why aren't I getting the superstar calls? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you as a them. Malone fan, you know, I Malone complained a ton to Carl Malone to the refs. But it was like, you know, he was like an eight-time all-first-team NBA guy. So, But Tatum seems to – and I'm saying this, maybe this is nothing new to you guys, but it just seems like incredible talent. But, like, you're probably in a tough spot with someone like him because maybe he doesn't – he wants to be the leader maybe in points and salary, but maybe not the leader of the team in terms of I'm going to direct what's going on. But so it's that weird. comment, that but comment, not going to be happy. Me. But but then you know, if you bring in somebody who is leader guy, it will probably rub him the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think what I, I think that the, the, what bothers me about that is like he's almost putting out this message where it's just like if I just keep getting better, everything's going to be fine, guys. You know that, right? And it's like no, that's not how. Like, yeah, he's you from the he's from the Kyrie. With you, you know, you can't yeah. just score fifty points a night and expect that you know to everything to be okay and the team's going to be successful. You know. Yeah, yeah. That, that Kyrie school of shoot more is essentially what he's gone down here. But That's a great way, point, though. Go ahead. Malone, definitely maybe the hardest player to root for in the last 30 years in the NBA. That's That was a, that's a tough guy to have locked on But you got to realize when you're a tall, aspiring <laughs> power forward and you're you're just getting in the weight room and you're like, yeah. well, that guy's the epitome of power yeah. forward. Here's a box. And he still you know. looks like he could kick some ass. So, yeah. Uh, but yes, I know that he's got a lot of a uh, lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, a lot of negatives on his. Uh, if they were to redo his draft, uh, his draft report, there'd be some red flags. Yeah. <laughs> he would not survive a Me Too environment. Nine point twenty. I was just gonna say that. Twenty twenty. No way. Twenty twenty one. Stockton. Stockton and Malone. Oh. And that, yeah, with Stockton, not to get political, but to find out Stockton is out there doing like anti-vax documentaries. I'm like, they're, they're, they're suiciding no. my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> he went, he went hard. What? He went I don't hard. know about this. I got to check this out. And, and oh, Stockton my God. never says anything. Stockton never heard says from... anything. This is no. the time he decided to be vocal. Yeah, right. I'm shocked. <laughs> that this, is, this is his moment. I haven't heard from Stockton in, in forever. <laughs> And not only he's, it's not like he threw one random tweet to get himself in headlines. He's literally directing a friggin' document. I mean, he's, he's starring in a documentary. He's one of the Big Twelve. That there he does. Yeah, that's his space jam. <laughs> Anti-vax is his version of space jam. Last time we heard from John Stockton, he was telling stories about being able to for the the, the, the Dream Team uh, thirty for thirty. I think it was like it was great. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, I never had to hear from John Stockton. This is his follow-up. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So uh, swinging it back. Okay, we'll, we'll segue it a little bit. Obviously, you know, politics was your bread and butter here because of uh, the Trump impersonation, uh, which is where you kind of made 
not made your bones, but I mean, that's where things blew up for you, right? Oh, yeah. You've been doing stand up for a while. How did you stumble onto that specifically? And I, and I got to apologize. Uh, previously, we had Coven misspelled here on the tweet. This is JL's handle. Oh. And, and once again, letting everybody know here, um, no, City Winery. City Winery on <laughs> don't, Monday. Don't the age. <laughs> uh, City Winery on Monday. JL's doing a show. Get tickets. The Garden Report crew is all going to be there, including Nick. And we're going to hang out. We're going to hang out with you guys before and after the show. We're going to watch some good comedy. But how did the Trump thing kind of start? It started um, actually back in 2014. So before he even ran, I was a, I was a regular on the Adam Carolla show. Yeah. And uh, I was just doing different impressions for the show. And I sort of stumbled in. They were talking about Trump and I kind of stumbled into it. And it, it was like good at the time. But now I look back at it and it was horrible. But it was good like for a first effort. Right. So I was already working on one for like a year before he announced uh, that he was running. Wow. And so, you know, I was getting spots on podcasts and things like radio shows, but nothing was blowing up. And I was like, oh, well, if this isn't blowing up, I know this is awesome. So if this isn't blowing up, uh, what the hell am I doing with my comedy career? This is like my cut fastball. You know, right. if I'm Mariano Rivera, sorry, <laughs> Red Sox fans, whoever, whoever your closer is. He's the go. Uh, He's the go. You got that. It's all right. But. I was like, if this isn't working, then what am I doing? Then everything got shut down and I was making videos. I was bored in my apartment, made a couple of videos as Trump. <laughs> and it got seen like, you know, 15 million times. <laughs> and it changed, wow. like, you guys caught it. Like, like it, it just, it literally changed my life. It's like very bizarre <laughs> to think that you were, you're doing comedy for 16 years. I was on late night television. I did all the, like, bullet points. And then one video, like, went worldwide and just totally changed my, my comedy career. It's like, that doesn't happen in sports. You know what I mean? It's not like right. this is, I feel like the neon Boudot of, uh, of, of uh, comedy if for any blue chips fans blue chips out there. The, uh, like I was just a giant dunking in like a barn in Louisiana and Nick Nolte discovered me suddenly. <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's not so, so, that's not so rare in comedy though. Right. Some of these guys, you know, they really break later on, you know, later when, when they got a couple of decades in even, you know, or close to it, you know, so that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely cool. Um, and I'm definitely grateful. And, and, uh, but it's, it is one of those things where like some of the industry obviously looks for like young talent. They're always trying to nurture. It's, it's like sports drafting. It's like, like yeah. the four year senior goes in the second round because they go, well, he's probably maxed out his potential, but we'll take the 6'11", 14-year-old who like trips over himself, but we think wingspan. one day he's going to yeah. be, yeah, we'll take, we'll take Abu Sully, you know, <laughs> at number 13. That's fine. Yeah, he'll, he'll pan out. He's got plenty, he's got a ceiling, you know? <laughs> it's a tough bit, though, because like, you know, it helps when you're young and like your body can like handle like massive doses of cocaine uh, and like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and like, you got that freaking crazy nervous energy to be a total whack job doing comedy. You know, you definitely see it. Look at any SNL guy, you know, when they oh, yeah. get to 40 and it's just like, oh, you got grumpy, huh? You know, like. Yeah. Oh, even like, like six yeah, years ago, I would go drinking after every show. I'm not like a big drinker, but it would just be like you'd have that energy of like, let's keep the, keep the party let's going. Let's go. Let's go. I'm yeah. like trying not to look sleepy at the end of shows to fans because I'm like, <laughs> I got to get to my hotel. Like. My 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 end of show tradition is like a pack of soft batch cookies and a milk. Like that's it. It's it's the saddest thing. I used to be like, um, uh, give me a ninth gin and tonic, please. And now I'm like, should I get one or two packs of cookies to watch yeah. Sports Center? Exactly. 
So we'll put you on the give spot. Me a, oh, sorry, ahead. hold on real quick. Let me get this question in. Give me, give me, uh, give me top five or three, if you will, uh, favorite comedians. Oh, okay. Chris All Rock. Time. Chris Rock, number yes. one. Same. Um, Greg Giraldo, uh, late Greg Giraldo, uh, probably my number two. He was also, he was a, a people don't know this, but I'm, a, I'm an attorney also. And he was a, a lawyer turned uh, comedian, he most, mostly known for his roasts on Comedy oh, okay. Central. And uh, three, maybe a tie between Bill Burr and Patrice O'Neill. Okay. So, okay, that's not, that's, not a bad list. Yeah, I'll, those, go, those I'll, I'll go Burr. Well, number one is Dave. I go Dave. Yeah, perfect. Dave Rockburg. There you go. That's my three. Speaking of Dave, that's <laughs> that's that's one in your wheelhouse too. Yes. <laughs> well, it's funny because I have some people who say you sound nothing like Dave Chappelle. And you I'm got like, Dave have you heard? Have you heard Dave Chappelle in the last year? Right, give me, give me, give me current Dave, Dave Chappelle. Your current Dave Chappelle describing his comedy career right now. So I'm talking to my friend Joe Rogan, and he says to me, Dave. I need you to get some CBD oil and bring it to my house in Texas and rub it all over my body. And I said, Joe, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it because Comedy Central still owes me some money. So I said, when Comedy Central pays me, I'll come to Texas and put CBD on your penis. Because <laughs> some people are used to that Chappelle show, Chappelle, but he's become that, that, like yeah. deeper and yeah. like gravelly. Slow, so yeah. The way you space way more that gravelly, out, he's perfect. got the smoke all the time now. Yeah, yeah. 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 you space yeah. that out perfectly. Yeah. I would, I would also put. Uh, never mind. I, I want to bring him up, but, but he's he's been through the through it. But Louis was one of my favorites, man. Louis C.K. is just too bad. I mean, obviously oh, a Boston guy, but he was he was hilarious. I do. That was the first video I ever did that that went viral. Um, was Louis C.K. If you look it up after Louis C.K. Oh, really? tells the classics. It went viral like in 2013 when he was at the top of the no scandals, top of the game. Right. And a lot of comics were like, "Why are you hating?" And I was like, "He's a, he was just on the cover of Rolling Stone. Like he's fair game now. It's not like he's <laughs> some dude at the club that I'm like picking on. He, you know." And it was just Louis C.K. telling knock knock jokes, but um, you know, just in his like meandering fashion, and then ending each one with how he hates his kids. <laughs> uh, we lose Joe Sway at least once per show. Joe Sway, you <laughs> back? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. We call Brockton that Brockton Street going. Brockton Wi-Fi for the uninitiated. Anyway, let's bring out the big guns. You want to give give everybody a little taste of Trump if he wants to talk about the NBA Finals. Uh, any, any message for the Milwaukee Bucks or anything like that? So we're not too pleased with the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, they're a uh, you know they have the Greek freak, which I can tell you, my vice president Mike Pence. He heard Greek freak. He came running. He loves he loves doing things very strongly with Greek style, if you know what I mean. He's very Christian gay. So what I will say is, this is what happens when you have no. Uh, strong immigration. You know, the, the radical left NBA with LeBron. Oh, everything. We're very Black Lives Matter, radical left. We, we don't like our anthem. And then you let what happens is instead of a strong American like uh, Kevin Love or uh, who are the other white guys? Well, anyway, the, you know, Gordon Hayward. We love Gordon Hayward. Very strong guy. Instead, what you get is. You, Donald. I believe he supports you. I believe. 
Well, you know, I would think so. Come on, look at him. <laughs> he's, he's got like the alt-right haircut. So when you don't, when you don't do strong immigration, you get a giant Greek African American coming into your league and stealing the championship. I think he stole the title. I want to see our law enforcement go after the Greek freak. He sounds like a Batman villain, you know, with na 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 na. The Greek freak stole the trophy from Gordon Hayward. Go get him. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. That's good. That's good. No. Yeah, I'm excited for Monday for sure. I, I obviously you can tell I'm a huge, huge fan of comedy. So I, I was awesome. thinking. I was and my stand up. I swear to God, my stand up is is killer. Like this is this has been a process of moving so obviously some people are just going to be like i like impressions i'm happy with that but like obviously i can't go around doing trump for the next uh, well maybe i could but i don't want to <laughs> right um so like i'm you know i'm a veteran stand-up comedian this is my chance to sort of the show will have some impressions some q a with my impressions after but like the bulk of it is me prepping my new stand-up hour. So people will get a, a little bit of everything. And, and that's the thing. And again, I don't want to disparage Im impressionists, you know, per se, but you do find some of the best impressionists aren't funny. Per like, they, they, they're great. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, that sounds just like him. But once that wears off, you're not actually laughing. Like, I'm not saying this just because I'm shilling for you because you're on the show because you're on our network. JL's legitimately one of the funniest people like alive. So it is, <laughs> I mean, in anything. Uh, yeah. So it's 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 way more than that. It's just the Trump impression is so freaking uncanny from the mannerism to literally everything, the tone, the cadence. And as you guys it, know, it's I do a, like, and it's amazing I, to think you can pull it out and it just rolls without it yeah. being scripted. You turn these videos right. out so fast, and I'm like, how did you do that? You know, it's it's amazing. I don't know how your brain works like that, but the trumpet's like it, it's inhabited your being. Yeah, it's you like know? a horror movie, really. I think it's like at some point I'm going to be grabbing my girlfriend by the you-know-what and go, it's it's not me. I'm, I'm possessed. It's like the exorcist, the Trump, the Trump-sorcist. Um, but, yeah, it's, and as you know, we do a 45-minute podcast every week Yep. off the cuff, basically, with just topics with me as Trump. And then I've been doing, like, Mike Lindell and Pence and McConnell. Um, so I look forward to all those guys, like, moving aside, though, because I need new targets and new subjects. They yep. just have dominated so much that, uh, you know, but it happens all the time. I don't even know when people say, oh, what's your next impression? They just – they show up. You know, somebody in the media that I can sound like shows up, and I start working that, so – but yeah. the Trump has been obviously very dominant and very lucrative. So yeah, yeah. As far as the podcast goes, it's called Making Podcasts Great Again. It's on our network with uh, JL Coven and his buddy uh, Jay Nog, uh, who uh, who uh, kind of plays the straight man to uh, to to JL's uh, you know you know goofy Trump, and he sets him up, and it's a really funny the tech stuff guy. <laughs> the tech stuff is the tech stuff. It's a really the new funny one every week. Listen. And that's, by the way, the tech stuff guy was the very first episode. I just, I just said, you're like, who are you? You're like the tech stuff guy. And it just stuck. That was it. It's a really good, it's a really good podcast. It's really funny. You can catch it. Uh, obviously subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to podcasts. But beyond that, um, you can watch it um, on YouTube and daily motion here. Uh, also, uh, JL's got a, uh, a YouTube channel of his own which you should definitely check out, which has all of his bits and a lot of the other stand-up stuff that he's doing, but all of his Trump stuff. Uh, library of stuff that you can check out as well. But uh, again, the show is Monday. 
8 o'clock. Tickets still available. You go here, citywinery.com slash Boston. Get your tickets once again. Yes, pull up. Again, I don't know if this is a draw. JL is the draw, but we will tell you guys as well. We're going to be there. So if you want to come and hang out with us too, come hang out. Uh, You get to meet us. Uh, Nick, Jimmy, Bobby, uh, Sherrod, uh, who's not here tonight, uh, Joe Sway, uh, and we'll hang out and, uh, and watch some really good comedy. Uh, JL, anything else for our audience before you go? Uh, no, thank you for having me. Thanks for, I know some people want to get back to the Celtics and I appreciate that. So I thank you for letting me be a little bit of a diversion, letting yeah. me go first, no, take you to good. the Utah jazz and then just take you to comedy. So yeah. Get back yeah, to the Celtics. Listen to our, that, those are our fans. They just did. They're ball busters. <laughs> yeah. Utah Jazz, little comedy, and now now a couple sleeves of cookies, and we'll call it a night, right? They, they love yeah. it. They love it. Okay? They're just being <laughs> good stuff. I know. I was trying to get the chat to hide. I was just like, because I'm the type of person who, you know, I'll get like 300 positive YouTube comments, and I'll spend – an hour figuring out how to roast the two people who said something nasty. I'm getting this motherfucker. Like and I'm Jimmy. like, it's already lunchtime. What Jimmy the fuck does. am I doing with my day? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had the perfect one. So yeah. Uh, thanks, JL. Uh, we'll Thank you. you. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll Thank keep you. promoting the show and all of that stuff. Um, and again, we just put it. Uh, we put the link in the chat again. That's where you can get your tickets. We're going to keep promoting it later. We're also going to jump on Locker Room later, and anybody there will tell you guys uh, all about JL and his show coming up uh, Monday as well. So thanks. Uh, we will see you. Uh, we'll see you in town a couple Thank days. You. Yes, absolutely. Right. Thanks so yeah. much, guys. Yep. Um, so anyway, awesome guy. Super fun um, uh, stand-up bit. The podcast is awesome. The show is going to be great. Um, it is great. Um, and just like I said. Uh, you know, Bobby's worked with him. He's worked on that podcast. They're just funny dudes. Uh, Impressions, and, yeah, spot on. I feel like watching stand-up. I got to watch stand-up. He's, his stand-up is, like I said, the Trump stuff is bananas. It's uncanny uh, how good he is. It's like you've seen every single person does a Trump impression, you know, the last four years. His is on another planet. But yeah. the stand-up is really, yeah. really, really good. He's just a really funny guy. Uh, he's just smart as a whip. He's super funny. So you guys definitely check it out. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, it'll be worth it. Um, and you can meet Bobby. You can everybody, yes. all you Bobby <laughs> fans, can can tell. We'll be Bobby. trying out all the wines. Yeah, we'll be talking yeah. Trump. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, all the Bobby great. fans are they're putting in their credit card information right now for these tickets. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're already on it. Yeah, you can tell Bobby why he's right. So, again, uh, go there, check it out. Uh, let's do a little more Celtics talk. We'll hop over to locker room uh, a little bit. We're talking about Tatum and Jalen kind of taking that leap. We're, again, we're back and forth. JL actually said something interesting in there that I was going to jump on um, before we started talking about the the uh, show there. The willingness, if if necessary, to for Tatum to defer to another star. Because that would ultimately be the case if Beal came in, right? It would sort of become Beal's team, per se, I guess. Um, which I actually think he'd be probably amicable to. Like, you know, this is a guy that he's four years younger than, grew up under, um, you know, sort of looked up to in a way. That, like, I think that would kind of be a situation in terms of leadership on the team that worked. And I actually read one of those quotes from the Washburn article as sort of him being like, I'm more of a hesitant leader. Like, yeah, this is kind of the position I'm in now. He didn't necessarily say it, but maybe that's not the position I'm in forever. If he was eventually going to go and join some other stars, obviously he would be, you know, second, third option on one of those super teams. And then, you know, like I said, if Beal comes in here, I think he'd sort of be the front man in this situation, which 
you know, watching Tatum with Team USA, so. it's kind of a good fit for him. Secondary passing, off the I, ball I think movement. it's more of a 1A, 1B. I, I don't know. It's between him and Tatum, but that respect is certainly goes a long way. I think that's that's relevant for sure. And that's someone that he he obviously you know competes with Aaron You're every thinking, time they play with each other. Yeah, in, in the KG Pierce Allen, what 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 helps in a big three, what helps in scenarios like that is when people have different strengths. It's difficult when everybody on your team, their primary strength on it a is bit. being is being a give me the ball shot creator, you know, that's a ball dominant shot creator. That's tough because then it becomes, that's why the nets is tough, but I mean, Harden and Kyrie can also pass. Um, so it's a different story. Um, Durant's kind of a big man. Yeah. And, and Durant can, you know, Durant can swing low. He's a little big. He can play small ball five if he has to, you know, it's a different, it, 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 it it's different with them. But in this case, it would just be three guys whose primary skill is give me the ball and let me score. It doesn't fit great. Um, it's three names, but they're not complementary pieces by any means. It, whereas Pierce, KG, and Allen had enough had diver, diverse enough skill sets where Ray Allen, who was a ball-dominant guy, and most people only know him from his Celtics, you know, most people remember him Celtics on. But prior right. to that, Seattle – Milwaukee, he's give me the ball and get out of my way. This is a guy, right. Ray Allen was in a freaking dunk contest. People forget this. Like Ray yeah. Allen was an explosive athlete who could do a lot of different things, who could go to the hole. And right. here he became a, fine, I'll just run around screens and shoot threes if that's what you need me to do because that's mm. what this team needs me to do, play off the ball. And he did. And yeah, he had for, that skill set, you know. People forget he was putting up about like twenty-seven points right before he came to Boston. He's, he nuts, he man. He's, a, he's a top five NBA. He's, he's an, he's, he's oh a man, he was, yeah, he was just a scoring machine for Seattle. They, they were just ready to just start over with Durant, and they just they sort of just hit the reset. And they, you know, obviously, yeah. They did where, what they did. where does Jalen Brown end up in that situation too? Because is he just back to the corner. Like is is his ball time go down even so more? What I believe he's important in that arrangement. I believe Jalen the best players on the opposing teams too. So you got to remember that. I think Jalen has to be Jimmy Butler um, more. It has to be more Butler uh, in the sense of, I I would rather see Jalen give 35 minutes of max effort, both ends of the floor and his numbers go down and just be that dog on defense and be a little bit more, uh, you know, and then, get the points when you need them, get the buckets when you need them, still isolate matchups. The problem again with the Celtics is you're always hunting a matchup with, with, with those line with lineups like that. And you would be with Beal as well, which ends up being a ton of ISO ball and a lot of frigging jumpers. And that's just not necessarily the type of offense that you want. And that's what they would become. So again, there's problems with the Beal thing. It's just, I think everyone's saying everyone just wants a quick, quick fix solution. You saw last year and you're like, Oh, you know, the more I go back and forth on it, yes, we were. <laughs> no, it's true. The more I go back and forth, the more I'm in the run it back mode. In the sense of, I'd rather go with the two stars and and build real pieces around them. And I, I don't know. So you know it's hard though because you don't have the other pieces per se. You don't, at least yet. You got to see if you have them. And you have if to you find don't, that out though. You have to see that through. Find it out. Yeah. You know, we we talked about the the Romeos and the you know the Neesmiths. You know, that, those are. Those are two guys that obviously are the are the one that are on the microscope go. here. Let's see. I mean, it. sure, you could throw Grant's name in there as well, but those two are the ones that sort of let's face it, this franchise sort of has their money on, right? Like, they're, they're like we have to hit with both of these guys. If not, at least one of them has to be an everyday player on this team. You don't need them again. You need these guys to be Jay Crowder good. 
not friggin' right. Jalen Brown exactly. good. Right. You know, I'm you're looking not, at Eastman. I got my money on Eastman. Right. Put the chip on Jay Crowder good. That's about it. That guy's starting on a team in the finals right now. You need a guy who can start or be a five through eight rotational player that could at any point in time step up and tw- play 25, 30 minutes. That's it. You're not right. looking for the next star. You right. just need to fill some holes. You need competent players. Okay. That's it. They don't even have to be Fournier, you know, who's, a, who's obviously an outstanding player. You're looking for a guy to be the, the fourth wing on this team. That's not asking a ton, you know. Um, so I want to see it. I, I, I it's I, whether the answer is yes or no. I still think the the thing they have to do is get give them a good look. You you decide this year if they're if they're those guys or not. And if they're not, you got to see that through. Right? You got to see it through. So Where's I want to see it through. I do want to see it through. Where's that lead, Marcus Smart? Though, because there's not not upside left with him oh. per se. Guys, I got I, I need a charger for my phone for locker room. I got to jump off for two seconds. You guys continue the conversation. I'm jumping on. I'm jumping back on in two seconds. I uh, think. I think. I think, to, I think John wants to see the Celtics trade Marcus Smart. He got. He got really uncomfortable there. Just yeah. Not, not not that's not what I said. You know who watches this? <laughs> I'll show. be back. You know who loves the Garden Report? Or that's a good tweet. That's a good tease for the uh, for the locker room. I mean, for uh, uh, Spotify green room. What are you looking at? Uh, Think there'll be an active draft night for the Celtics uh, a week from now? No. You mean you think they'll trade into the first round or something like that? Yeah, or make other moves. There's always moves going on around the draft, too, oh, that wow. necessarily don't have to have anything to do with the draft. That TP deadline's coming up for them, uh, you know, kind of fast here. You know. I'd be really I'd- surprised, honestly. Like like, like we were just talking about with the, the Romeos and the and – the, you know, Neesmith, Shed Pritchard. I mean, these guys, I mean, not going to training camp and all that, especially the rookies, like, that's going to go a long way for these guys. And I'm not saying that all of a sudden Pritchard's going to be fighting for the starting point guard spot, but I do think he'll make a tremendous stride for sure. I mean, we said the same thing about Grant Williams, but then Grant Williams had a completely different uh, offseason that, that most two-year, third-year third players get. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily all in on – trading up and making splashes on next week's draft, even though that would obviously help us a little bit. But I have been leaning into the fact that they could get something good here, you know, even if it's in the undrafted market after this draft. This draft seems like it has a mass of prospects, and we've seen it the last couple of years, that fall into that second round, don't get drafted at all. If they end up in the right situation, I think there's certainly some point guard minutes on this team that could be dished out to a young guard. You know, you might end up with a steal in this kind of situation here. There's a lot less pressure than there is to, uh, you know, find a guy who can play right away at like 14 like they did last year with Aaron Neesmith. So you can, you know, pick a a project here in the second round. You can, you know, find a guy with some upside who slipped because of some concerns. You know, I don't have a ton in terms of specifics. Probably getting into that a little bit next week. But I've been telling John this, that 45 pick, it's important. Franchise altering. It could be. Where would Jokic go? Forty-seven. <laughs> How do you say these things? Middleton was Middleton was thirty-nine. Yeah. See, like every once in a while. Again, why look at the outliers, Bobby? It's rare, but it's possible. So you can't just blow but off I, this pick, especially when it's your only pick. I can't figure you out, man. 
you're a guy who wants to trade seven first round picks for literally like a 5% pl- personnel upgrade. And you're saying that like the 45 pick in the draft is a huge deal. Like do draft picks matter or not? The 15 pick is garbage, but the 45 <laughs> pick is friggin' franchise altering. <laughs> These are real deal flyers here. And again, if you if if they're really going on this deal plan, like you say here, and I you know, I'm seeing Yam in the chat again too. You're gonna have a guy like Yam who's probably making a million dollars. Is it Yam? Not Yam? It is Yam. I yeah, love Yam, but you know, you gotta you gotta go with the real pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like that day all of a sudden Brad Stevens started saying Shemmy. No one says semi after that. It was semi for forever. I wish we could roll with Yam. We couldn't get Rondo right for friggin' his entire career. That was hard early on. I Rajon or Rajon? Yeah. Either I way, don't think we know. Either way, he's getting those Yam emojis. See, they're already right there. You, you know what's always driven me nuts? Uh, we didn't for an entire career that no Patriots fans didn't get Gostowski right. The the K is announced. In the first one, it's Gustowski, not Guskowski, oh, but they couldn't get it. And no, isn't it? We were Ante, told, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but isn't it Ante Takumbo? You're supposed to say it with a B at the end, no? I, so there's no B in the Greek alphabet, so you have to combine that those, those letters together. NMP MP is the B sound in the Greek alphabet, yeah. there is no B, so it's Adetakumbo. Is how it is. Which uh, I didn't say that until like I, I think the second year. But but yeah. we, we didn't have a whole lot of uh, Giannis. Adeta Kumbo. Adeta Kumbo. Some fans too busy hoping that he was he was going to be a bust. But yeah, yeah. Adeta Kumbo. Adeta Kumbo. Even even we, some of the announcers though they they butcher it and they just feel like they they like because yeah. they break it into five words. Adeta, you know they're they're trying so hard. Yeah. You hammer all those syllables. Oh, do, 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 yeah. do, they just can't. They got <laughs> they gotta break it up. <laughs> that was int- I didn't actually know about his name background. And I, I know Sherrod had Mirren on and I had her on a week before that. I can't oh, wait I to read that book, book now. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, that was the perfect roll up for that book, this whole what, run that he's gone how, on. She's she's doing this right now. She's like how fortunate is she? She's the she's the Giannis authority right now at a time where he's the biggest name in the sport. You know, yeah, that's a huge, huge deal with his background. And again, everyone's learning more about his story and the humble origins and all of that stuff. But a great freaking story. And it was a rough, rough, rough time with him, uh, you know, upbringing there. You know, is you, I mean, everybody knows they weren't they were afraid they're going to get deported. He wasn't even a citizen until he was turned 19. You know, uh, it was, uh, you know, they didn't, he didn't have an easy ride there. Um, it was, uh, it was tough. So, uh, you know, you get the feeling that he appreciates literally every single positive thing that happens to him in his life. And that just kind of comes through in almost everything that he does. Like I said, an impossible guy not to like, uh, right. I mean, if you weren't a Giannis fan before this, it's hard to, it's hard to not be now. Where do you think he's going to end up all the time? That's a hard point because you know, what's great about him the the one thing that he's got um more so than uh, other people as they as he, as they age is he's going to be a 5 like he's going to be he's going to spend the last 7 8 years of his career as a 5 and be a freaking great one um yeah. and and he can do that so even if he loses some of the explosiveness and the ability to kind of score and transition and some of the stuff he does he's just going to be an outstanding 5 um in the NBA right now he kind of is already um you know, he's, uh, he's like the new ideal five. He, I mean, he'll be the 
He'll be the new five, but that's going to keep the other ones. But he's a little, yeah, right. And then you don't have to worry as much about like him playing on the perimeter or knocking down shots or this or that. He's going to play in the block a lot more. Um, and I, I think he's, you know, and he'll be a help side, you know, shot blocker. And I think like that's going to be fine for him. Yeah. And meanwhile, but, you still get these well, four or five years ahead where he's just going to be still doing this thing here. Could he win another MVP? They'll certainly be in play to win the East again, depending on how things shake out in Brooklyn. Like, it's party's just going to keep going out there. Everybody's signed. So that's going to be a serious roadblock for the Celtics here. They've had trouble with that team in recent years, going back to that 2019 series. So, you know, I don't think this is like a LeBron Cleveland situation per se, but it's it's getting there. I don't know. Yeah, We will see. How do you guard him? How do you guard him? Well, you know, you kind of play him straight up because he can't – he's had – you can actually see a slight decline in his ability to just – two, three years ago when they played the Celtics and they wiped him out, he, nobody could stay in front of him. Um, people can now. Like Jay Crowder was able to keep him in front of him a little bit better. Like, he just follows his head off. <laughs> yeah. He still got his, but I feel like he was impossible a couple of years ago. Impossible. Um and now it looks like he's kind of plowing into people a little bit more uh, than 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 he was. So already a little bit he's you know because he's gotten even bigger and even bit more physical. And I know he's only twenty six, but he's eight years in the league. Um, you know, not saying he's past his physical prime, but I felt like he was f- more freakish a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys agree. I know uh, this is as freakish as it's gotten for me. I, mean, <laughs> I, just, he was, he was I thought he was more complete now. this year. I thought he was more complete, certainly in the playoffs, but just in terms of like his just, and he still can do it, but he was just about that game up. four alley-oop. I mean, yeah. 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 I don't know. And it feels like the hard. only thing left he can't That's do is that three. Uh, but yeah. he hit, he hit a couple of ones, you know. Like I don't know, like he's not afraid to take that. Like you know, yeah. The I mean, he was eighteen percent in the playoffs. Yeah, but that's yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll add that at one point. Maybe he doesn't. But I think this run showed he doesn't necessarily need it. Right. Um, but man, what a is that apology cam time? Is is he boring anymore, John? <laughs> that was you uh, and Jimmy's line. I mean, look, that the, fifty the, point our, performance looks exciting, right? Our critique was that he's a boring offensive player because he doesn't do the shimmy shake, the step back, you know, he's not. Tatum does. (laughs) He's just, he's, he's a little bit of bully ball, which again, I find the way he gets most of his points to not be like, get you out of your seat stuff. That being said, it's hard not to see him do it in that moment, you know, uh, on that stage with that much pressure and that much attention uh, and 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 do what he did. And again, was it? I mean, he still he made 17, 18 free throws out of his favor. It was classic Giannis of like, I'm gonna go and I'm probably gonna get fouled a lot. I the same thing to the Carl Malone thing. I hated watching Carl Malone because all he'd do is friggin' draw. He was a big guy. It was and and just it was hard to not foul him. Giannis is kind of that same sort of guy. Yeah. Big guy, hard to not foul. I find he that was from the perimeter, right? Like yeah. Malone could take you down. So like you were you were bound to foul him and, and he would take yeah. the longest at the free throw line. Yeah. So it's just the same like, thing. He'd roll it yeah, you know, yeah. and, he, and he would taunt the crowd. He would wait until the 10 second count. Yeah. And, and, and then he would I think he said the name of his kids, right? He has some kind of ritual. Uh, he had this whole ritual, so like you couldn't disrupt it. He would yeah. obviously he was going to take his time every time. 
I'll tell you that time. that evolution from that Chan in Brooklyn in round two to was it seventeen for nineteen last night? Unreal. Unreal. I mean, like the way he just looked dead, and it looked like you could hack him out of games to start these playoffs. To that, I mean, he just was so persistent. And you do talk about that mindset, John. It's a high bar, but a guy like Tatum can get to that level of persistence and, and you know determination and prove. I've and, never seen a motor like his. Yeah, and that's the thing that the thing they talked about most is you know we dogged. Tatum and Brown a little bit this season for taking that superstar leap statistically, but seeing their effort um, wane other in other parts of their game, not not giving the forty minute forty eight minute effort, and not giving not 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 going all out on the defensive end nearly as much. Certainly, Jalen took a step back in that regard. And Bobby, you kept making the point, which is a legit one. It's hard for a superstar player. Even Durant said it during the playoffs. Um, it's hard to do what you do on offense and then go back and give everything you have on defense as well. You know, you can't be that guy on both ends. Giannis was that guy. On both ends. And he just kept digging deeper and deeper nobody, and making those biggest plays at the end of the game. Nobody the does that. Boss ever, man. That was, that was wild. Nobody does that. Yeah. yeah. Like that kind of effort um, for 48 minutes on both ends is I don't think it's sustainable for a career, but it's obviously what got him a title here. So yeah. it's worth it. At, but he, that's, yeah, that's how he plays. It's insane. That was he smelled blood too. Like you gotta give him, you gotta give him props for that. Like he smelled blood and he went for the kill. Like that was Bobby, 45 that, for you. Here we go. That's what's, that's what's made. That's what superstars are made of. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of performance where you're at home, you know, the trophies in the building and you're like, that's it. This is it. I'm closing this out. There's no way. Phoenix that was is going great back. too. Phoenix, yeah. They didn't, Phoenix they didn't want to get to that game seven, yeah. Right. They didn't want to go back. And Phoenix stayed with them, but down the stretch, again, Giannis on both ends. Yeah, it's incredible. You gotta you gotta give him his give him his due for give him his flowers, if you will. <laughs> no, it's great. And we talked about the origins, and somebody here puts it out here. I mean, it's uh you don't want to give it all, you know, just because of that, but you definitely you get to know a little bit about a person and his story. Um, and it's hard not to say been, that that didn't that didn't have massive impact. And you, you made that AAU point, Josue. Big, mm-hmm. It's a great Isn't point. Isn't it weird, too, that there's – You're a guy, star. A guy you're always... like a star from the age of 11, and, like, you're already, you know, a friggin', you know, millionaire. Just, you're getting stopped in the streets, John. I mean, like, let's face it. People who are really into the, I don't know, AAU, like, you're that, – that whole culture is a it's, a it's a vibe. So if you have a tournament somewhere, like, you're getting stopped in the streets – some of these guys, 14, 15, imagine once you, you reach that point, you know, it's just, that's just the way they're, they're groomed. You yep. know what I love too? And that, like, I, I, you know, just quipped at you, John, there, but some of the things you've said in the past, but there really is that vocal minority who doesn't love Giannis's game. And it's really like, even during the finals, you heard people saying like, oh, Chris Middleton's the real MVP because he's uh, shooting in crunch time. The hate that he receives is unfathomable. And man, want- to yeah. shove it back in James Harden's face the way he did with this, I yeah, love that. Remember the things Harden said about him and like him just having like a fake game because he doesn't have a bag or whatever it was. Like that was great. And PJ Tucker right. being able to win it after all that went on in Houston there. I, I love it. Like th- there's nothing you can say about him now. There really isn't. No. And it, it that stuff to me is just lazy, you know, a, a NBA narratives. You look, you know, we, we've been doing this now for a couple of years straight, you know, 
you can't change your mind every friggin' day. You know, like it's okay. You your 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 opinions change because people change them for you is a different story. But to consider to jump all over one narrative to the next to the next is just lazy, lazy, lazy media bullshit. You know, like this whole oh Middleton's the real guy is so dumb middleton's a <laughs> shot maker and sometimes you need someone who can make shots because right. it's hard get a Giannis great series but Giannis's points are harder to come by but right. like are you kidding you these guys have been playing together for eight freaking years and all of a sudden you decided in one game that middleton's the guy like what are you <laughs> watching he's a two-time mvp and a defensive player of the year and that that this guy is he the guy a come on crunch time yeah it's so dumb. Like, yes, every once in a while, like Ray Allen hit big shots. It was, oh, Ray Allen's really the best player on the Celtics. Like, no, he just hit a friggin' big shot because he's capable of it. That's what he does. He shoots. That's his role. Yeah. One thing to the other. Right. So lazy. It's so lazy. He but that's also why I don't overdo. I'm not going to overdo it because they won either. This was a singular moment, and a lot of things have to go right in order for that to happen. I'm not saying it's a cheap win, but it's a weird year, you know. Uh, and you had, you know, tons of injuries. And like I said, Brooklyn honestly probably beats them, almost beat them anyway without the injuries there. And it's a different story. So I'm not going to say everything you've ever said bad about Giannis is gone either, but he won over a lot of friggin'. You're in the You can finals. break through with some breaks. And that's why you got to feel good if you're the Celtics. Like they, Everybody gets breaks, right. They do have the talent here. They have to figure out the roster. Yeah. The young guys have to figure out what they got to do to get to the next level. Yeah. But – they have the guys. They have the core, and that's what's most important here. It's just, everything else has to be figured out around it. And then maybe yep. you catch an injury break against Brooklyn, and you know all of a sudden you're playing Atlanta in these finals, and it becomes a little bit easier at that point. But yep. every team that's won has caught breaks. They really have. Yep. Yep. It's again. Definitely uh, Celtics. Right. Celtics, they'll go the other way. Yeah. Uh, There's so, a break for other teams. <laughs> so we are going to we're going to head over in a little bit to green room just for a short while, guys. Uh, just because we haven't heard from you guys, um, I'm uh, excited to hear Joe Sway's thoughts on Lillard. We didn't really get to that, so oh I yeah, we'll fire away with that. Let's get into that. I've, I've definitely gone back and forth with it. Yeah, you and Max had a good episode there on that. Yeah. Max is pumped about his oh, possibility thanks. of yeah, adding man. him. I'll explain we, all that for sure. We did some finals here. We did a little bit of um, we did a little bit of uh, a comedy with JL Coven, which again I want to remind everybody one more time before we go. Uh, we will focus mainly uh, because I know that's everyone's bread and butter. We will focus mainly on uh, on uh, on the Celtics offseason, which officially has begun. There's important dates coming. There's TPEs coming and going that are going to expire. There's the all important 45 pick. Free agency starts days after that. Uh, one thing is. We're, we've been talking about what the Celtics are going to do. And again, I'm putting on the screen here, citywinery.com slash Boston. Buy your tickets to see JL Coven Monday uh, at 8. Anybody who wasn't here, uh, JL Coven, uh, you know, uh, stand-up comedian, Trump impersonator, does a podcast on CLNS Media Network. He's wildly popular, extremely funny. Um, this is like a comedian's comedian. Every single funny person on Twitter follows JL, retweets his stuff. Um, he's just one of those guys that like, if you don't know about him, you will eventually, or you should. Um, so definitely go check him out. See him uh, Monday. Uh, I've said this again. Uh, we will be there. Garden Report crew is going to go hang out. You get to, if, if it's, 
if if you feel like it, you can come hang out with us. You can heckle us. You can roast us. Just don't do it during the show. Um, show JL respect. Then you can yeah. come tell me. I'm excited to sip some wine. I hope that's not just a name. Yeah. Tell, you can then play, come play tell play me cards, the right. shit. Fans. Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe one of us will buy you a buy you a glass. We'll see. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so do that uh, uh, there uh, for sure. But yeah, the Celtic stuff. Um, it's coming, right? I mean, ton of, ton of, ton of stuff. Oh, one yeah. week, one Here week we go, from guys. tomorrow is the draft. One week from tomorrow is the draft. Yeah. We're going to do a show draft night, whether they have a pick or not, because you don't know if there's going to be movement or anything else that happens uh, there. So we'll probably do something at the end of the first round, unless the Celtics trade in leading up to their 45th pick and Bobby will gush all over it. He'll give you his big board. Um, yeah, we'll have know. a mock draft early next week. We'll do a mock draft. Second we'll do round something only. Else. Second round only. <laughs> Yes. I'm a little bummed. I'm not going to lie. I know they had to do this to get rid of uh, Kemba, but, you know, taking those lottery tickets and those flyers and, you know, picking it. Listen, you just do it in the second round now. And there's less, much less pressure in that spot. It's not the same thing. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm done with these projects, if you will. Okay. got all the problems. We've, we've seen these, We've seen the Celtics plant these seeds. I'm, re- I'm ready to watch them grow. I'm tired of seeing the planting process. I don't want to see some more so new seeds. I don't want to see the planting right. process as no much new as seeds. What I will tell people, and Bobby's probably going to be very excited about this, I don't think the Celtics are going to be drafting very much in the next couple of years because in order to – the only way you're doing any trades now is by trading picks, and that includes TPEs. So, like, if you want to get a player, like, for example, everyone's throwing out a name like Nance, you know, as a TPE candidate – like um, first round that, means, that means you got to flip a first round pick too. So like if you're going to get anything real with the $11 million TPE that's left or Cantor's 5 million, not Cantor's five as much, but for that, you're going to have to tie a pick into that as well. If you're going to try to get any other player and roll some of your players together with that, that's also going to cost you picks. So if, if there's any, that's ultimately all, the best way to do it. Yeah. If there's any movement at all, that means next year. And again, that's why they made the trade now for Horford because they needed the flexibility to trade next year's pick again. And that could happen after the draft uh, when they look to kind of cash in that TP. So, Josue, <laughs> I think you're going to get your wish. I don't think they're drafting ah, anybody. Come on, uh, don't tell. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. That didn't happen. No. I don't we think they're drafting We won't anybody. be thinking about a first round until 2027. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I wish. That's good. That's good. Oh, that's not locker room anymore. No, I almost said that earlier. Green room. I feel better about it. It's green room. Uh, join us on Spotify Green Room. We're about to uh, we're about to do it uh, over there. Um, yeah, let's the get some is, questions going. The link is in the chat, so you guys can jump in there and uh, and let us know what's going on. We're all going to head over right now. It is open, I believe. My phone was charging. Bobby, Josue, why don't you guys run in there? Uh, let's do it. I'm telling everybody, I'm trying My to keep it short. Thirty or forty-five minutes tonight, guys. We're going to keep it short, um, but we do want to hear from you guys. Uh, because uh, we haven't heard from you in a little bit. Um, and, and Joe Sway's uh, gone. He's already on his way. I'm He's my gone. AirPods, Bobby. All right. Joe Sway's going to fire us up. Very Showing everyone the, the process here. There we go. Yeah, that's how it works. I got to get mine as well. Um, and my phone was so low on juice here. Let's do but it. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to break out some wine. You know what? You guys got an Italian bottle over here. That's does not Greece a terrible make wine? Idea. Does Greece make wine, John? I was curious last week. Does Greece make wine? <laughs> I haven't had one. <laughs> oh no, I've seen I've seen those. I've never been, but I've seen the yeah, I've seen the, the 
the, you don't the have to recommend me. Who do you think John? invented stomping grapes, Bobby? Hey, I haven't had a bottle, so I'll tell you this. Sending Greek, me your list. Greeks are terrible at uh, marketing their own shit. Uh, like they're like the seventh biggest olive oil distributor in the world because they're just. I know Spain's got them beat on the imaging there, Italy, and Italy so yeah. far behind on that. France, even they're so far behind on the stuff that they're good at. Yogurt, it took them freaking forever to realize that people like that shit. Like, get it out there, guys. <laughs> you know, especially especially that 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 Greek uh, I was it Greek yogurt yeah. era where like everyone was like stop eating. It's regular still yogurt. here, but like you let, yeah, you let the that's world true. Be- it still is, but early like like 2010s, like that was a thing. Like, you let everyone the world was, like, be no, fucking banned for regular 50 yogurt. years. You know, like yeah. get that shit, get it out there, guys. You know. Um, honey, nobody knows this. Honey, oh my god, unreal. This is oh, big in our culture. It's just not as available. You have to go to like a specialty store to get it. Um, which you can. So um, which you can. <laughs> which you can. Sophia's in Belmont. Um, that's a good spot. Maybe the best yogurt you're gonna find. Um, so go check that out for sure. Um, let's head over to um to right. to, to green room, Spotify Green Room. We are on our way, guys. We'll see yes, you. Sir. There. Thanks for joining us tonight.